Hello and welcome to The Optional Podcast, episode number 214 for the week of June 29th, 2020. The Optional Podcast is a show all about the latest in video games and entertainment recorded each week from New York City and bounced around cables and satellites all around the world. Space. And right into your listening device of choice. As always, I'm Paul Tamayo and I'm here with my co-host, Cam Brewster. What up? What up? What up? What up? Fruit. Drinking water. Let's go. On the hottest day in New York. <laughs> Holy shit, it's hot. What's good? Uh, not much, man. Not much. Trying to, you know, stay out of the heat. Um, yeah, got got a dirty chai here, an ice dirty chai, although the ice is since dirty melted. Chai? <laughs> but uh, while we do that, while I talk about video games and sip on this dirty chai, we do have an amazing guest to talk to this week. We have a friend of the show, Alan Torres, freelance video producer for IGN, Kotaku, Digital Trends, and his own YouTube channel, Spectre Gaming. Uh, Alan, thank you so much for joining us this week. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the warm welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Of course, man. How you been, man? How you, how you been? How's the heat been treating you? Uh, I've been good. I've been hiding in the air conditioning, recording uh, yes. uh, video games and making videos. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. I haven't yeah. seen, seen the sun too much. Word, word. So for those who are uh, unfamiliar, um, tell us a little bit about what you do and, and you know, the, the kind of work you, you also handle. Uh, sure. I have uh, my own YouTube channel where I cover... Uh, mods rpgs mostly like skyrim uh upcoming ones like cyberpunk 2077 and some tech here and there and then when i'm not doing that i do uh ign social news videos and then a couple of videos here and there for for uh, kotaku as of late nice nice yeah so you, you might have seen some of his stuff uh so far you had a really dope video about mods uh for mass effect andromeda which is something that we talked about relatively recently because cam you're, you're a fan of the of that game right like you've yeah. kind of revisited it since and i actually watched um alan's video and i was like yes this is what i need to bring people <laughs> back into the fold like yeah, yeah, andromeda's yes. not that bad of a game it just it's not yeah it just wasn't uh it just wasn't it you know what i'm saying like yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it um, needed just a little bit more love yeah it definitely did for sure yeah and it's interesting that like the the modding community has been there to at least support it and you know plug up some holes and and help that ship sort of you know weather the storm uh, yeah, but yeah, it's it's been interesting. Also, um, you're very much looking forward to, based off of you know the few interactions we've had and, and seeing your Twitter feed and stuff. You're very very excited about Cyberpunk 2077, which is uh, which had a pretty big week this week. I didn't put any any of that stuff in the news. I figured we'd talk about it right up top. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I did get a chance to w- watch some of the, the preview videos because some folks had a chance to play it for like a few hours, I think, this week. Yeah. Um, they had several missions they were able to go through and stuff. But I'm curious, um, you know, ha- have you had a chance? I'm, I'm sure you've had a chance to check all that stuff out by now. Um, oh, but yeah. yeah, tell me tell me about your excitement for Cyberpunk because right now, I'm going to be honest, I'm a little on the fence. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm still waiting to completely be sold and I, I'm I'm honestly uh very hesitant but i want to know yeah. i want to know about about your your t- your feelings about cyberpunk 2077 and all that man it's like uh i remember when they announced it i tweeted uh one of my homies really quick and i was like like fuck game of the year this is the game of my life like <laughs> i want this game so bad like if anyone had asked me like what my dream game was it would be gta but in a cyberpunk future and so once i saw this i was like it's done and and it has like the added layers of being like a, a real RPG as opposed to like a sandbox game like GTA. So right. even more so. I mean, I have my concerns, but <laughs> I'm going into it as like a sort of 
I'm going into it the way you go into like a Fast and Furious or Transformers. I'm gonna shut my brain off and enjoy some shiny graphics and some explosions. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of hard to deny, but a lot of the videos I've seen so far from that game are like, God damn, this thing looks pretty wild. Like it, it really yeah. does feel like uh, the thing you would see as a kid, like a, like a render of like this is what games will look like in the year 2020. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I, I mean, we've talked about it at length on the show, but there there are still a lot of lingering questions and things that I'm like curious to see how they address and tackle. Because you know, for for I mean, my optimist side of my brain is like, oh, you know, maybe they'll figure out a way to actually handle that stuff, and maybe there's a poignant <laughs> message at the end, and I, I'm not going to yeah. hold my breath. But like you said, I guess I don't know. Maybe there is something to <laughs> being able to turn your brain off. But I feel like nowadays it's. It's it's weird because nowadays hard. I feel like, yeah, it's super hard nowadays, but also there are those times where you're just like, man, I just want to fucking play Crazy Taxi or some shit. I don't want to have to deal with yeah. the you know, <laughs> ramifications of what this means. It's like, oh my God, the, the gig economy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by this thing, especially seeing all the coverage around the preview, the preview stuff. It, uh, it definitely feels like quite the beast of a game. Uh, it feels like something that people are going to be finding new things for from for a long time in the way that they still find things in like gta or the witcher or whatever um but yeah man it's it's been it's been quite the week for for a lot of news that we'll eventually get to this week but um let's just jump right into everything uh starting with what we've been playing this week uh alan i want to start with you because you are playing uh the last of us part two as well yes um how far are you into it have you have you finished it by now no, I'm not far at all. I just um I just had like a huge run in with the WLF and sort of now I'm going across Seattle and like I've moved to the point where I'm mainly fighting WLF and okay. not so much, you know, clickers and stuff like that. Um yeah, so I'm not too far. Too. I've been taking this one like really slow. Same. Same. Yeah. Also, I think I'm like, at the same spot too. Go, oh, go ahead. Also like I I love it's a beautiful game. It's super well done. There are things I adore. Well, it's a bummer sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, especially now. Yeah, it gets a little heavy. Yeah, for sure. I, I think I'm around the <laughs> same area. I think I just got through the downtown Seattle parts. I think now mm-hmm. I'm actually starting to face the WLF a little bit more. And I'm the same way. I've actually taken like several days off and then I'll jump back into it for like maybe an hour or two max. And then I'll take several yeah. days off and come back into it. So I think right about now I'm around the six hour mark or so um, <laughs> based off of whatever my game save uh, clocks me in at. But yeah, I agree. I feel like I I kind of so it's hard to say how much, you know, how I feel about the game so far only being, you know, 6 hours or however many hours in. Um yeah. because I know there's still another 25 30 hours still ahead of me um based off of how a lot of the discussion has been happening around length of video games especially lately on 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 main. But yeah. it feels like um so far from what I can tell, I can I can kind of predict where the story is headed because for a lot of the at least the first six hours that i've played i feel like they're telling me the thesis over and over again mm-hmm. you know like the thesis statement like their argument and yeah. i'm like so far i'm 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 with it I'm, I'm i'm you know i'm open to what it wants to say to me and, and what it has to say but i'm also kind of like we discussed with cyberpunk right i'm also not completely expecting this profound change like you know moment that a lot of folks have been claiming to have experienced with the game and and you know i'm sure it'll affect me to some degree but i don't know that it'll actually have me going out on twitter being like yo you ever seen schindler's list yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly you ever seen schindler's list yeah Um, oh christ 
Yeah, but uh, I'm curious. You're waiting for it to turn into Citizen Kane. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm curious though, um, you know, from the little bit that you've played so far beyond, uh, you know, kind of what you said so far, because on a technical level, I cranked up the HDR as well and I'm playing it in 4K and it's like, it continues to completely blow me away on the visual side of things and, and, you know, especially on the the voice acting performance side for sure. Uh, But that's no different from most other Naughty Dog games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm curious if there's anything so far that you've kind of had issues with, because I, I have a few that I want to talk about, but I'm curious if oh, there's yeah. anything so far that you've kind of stumbled on that you that you find hard to get through. Um, Not too much. I mean, I had a few issues with some of the gunplay in the game, like mechanically speaking. Yeah. Um, it's just this style that I kind of don't like, um, just the way that it feels. But I find that as I'm upgrading on my weapons and stuff, it is getting a lot better. Um, but beyond that, uh, like mechanically speaking, I, I don't like the whole tall grass mechanic because there's some areas where the grass ain't tall enough. Yeah. You can't see vision cones. Like mechanically speaking, I have issues with it. But um, like story-wise, like a lot of people have found problems. I'm like waiting to find the thing I have a problem with. I don't really, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Aside from the use of, you know, the whole militia arc and all that stuff and stuff that's very real and happening right now. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the predictable use of that pretty much has been the only sort of disturbing thing in the story. But beyond that, I, I've been waiting for to find something. Yeah, yeah. I, I still haven't found anything too egregious yet on the on the story side of things. Again, still still super early uh, in, into the story itself. But there have been a few moments where a bit of the, the levers and pulleys show itself. Um, yeah. And it's a little... I keep... I, actually, it's interesting. I, I've been playing Bloodborne right now as well on stream. And I've been really impressed by the way that game and me and cam we, we've talked about this for sure at, at length on the show but um i've been really impressed with the way that game lays out its map and a lot of the storytelling within the map and and how it all connects and and you know it feels very interesting the ways in which if you hit a wall you can sort of revisit it later or you can explore another area i've been doing things out of order that i haven't even realized <laughs> um <laughs> and there are moments in the last of us where I, you know, there's an illusion of a of an open world part, especially at the very beginning when you're kind of going through downtown Seattle. That's very reminiscent of um, uh, Uncharted Lost Legacy, which I thought was actually pretty good, you know, outside of the blackface, uh, <laughs> you know, outside of that little thing, that little <laughs> detail. Uh, that one little bump in the road. Yeah, you know, but uh, there are moments where like there was one in particular where I, I, I don't know if you got to this part yet, but you kind of like, you, I think you go down an elevator shaft or something and there's like an underwater garage or not mm-hmm. underwater, but it's an underground garage that has a lot of water in it. And because of the noise you make, I believe you sort of, you just, you just sort of start getting rushed by a bunch of yeah. infected. And that moment I had to do like three or four times because you have to, you know, be hyper aware of the direction in which the zombies are coming at you. You have to, you have to be really accurate with how you take them down with your weapons. And, and like you mentioned a second ago, mechanically speaking, Naughty Dog games on a shooting level, they never really do it for me. It's, it always feels just a little too clumsy and a little too like inaccurate in a way that doesn't... I don't feel that way when I'm playing something like Mafia 3 or any other kind of third-person yeah. shooter. So I kind of hit a wall there where it took me a few tries. It wasn't anything too game-breaking, but it, it felt like, oh, okay, this is this is where I have to hit my mark. I have to like, you know, all right, ready and action. And then like, okay, we do it again. We do the dance. And then I finally did it the right way. And it felt cool. Like I barely got away. I, you know, I had to fist a cuff one off of uh, Dina, your your sort of uh, your 
AI partner. But that moment for me really illustrated one of the things I don't like about Last of Us, which is like, in a way that Bloodborne feels like a house of horrors that you walk through, Last of Us feels like that, but without any of the creativity and, and the sort of freedom to explore. Um, even though you you do have a, like an illusion of that, but you're just basically going to different fun houses in a, inside of a larger theme park where in between those rides, you're not really doing much outside of being like, oh, wow, it's Epcot. Look at the fountains. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm just like, I don't know. The, so far, I'm, I'm still having a pretty decent time with it. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to get further and further into the game, uh, mostly for the story, I would say, because I, I really want to see where things go on that front. But yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm still having a decent time with it. I'm I'm gonna also reserve judgment on how I feel about it. But I, it it is kind of nice to take things really slow and not have to feel the need to like rush to get into the discourse as it yeah. is right now. Um, so I'm curious if you have like any sort of schedule planned out, at least a loose schedule of like how often you're gonna play it or come back to it, or do you have a, a sort of time when you want to finish it by? Yeah. I mean, I I want to finish it uh, finish it before uh, Ghost of Tsushima comes out. Definitely. Mm. Uh, before, because I know that if it if I let that game come out, I'm not going to touch this one again. <laughs> so I, I need to finish it um, before then. But other than that, I haven't really been rushing myself. I'll get to a story beat, and I'm like, all right, that's that's enough uh, escaping from a world on fire by playing in a world on fire. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go yeah. play Animal Crossing or something. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've been doing that. But um, but I definitely do get that sense though as well that it's like everything is really technically sound. But I'm waiting for that moment that like the art kind of hits you and you have like this other kind of moment. And there's little bits of that there. Like I think they do um, Ellie's sense of loss at an early stage. I think they do that really well. There's like this expression that she has. Uh, I I guess you've uh, come to the part where she plays guitar in that record store. Um, Um, Actually, I don't think so. I don't think I have yet. It's like one of the spots you can find in Seattle. They they go to a record store, and apparently throughout the game you get to play guitar. And when she's playing it, she um, you can see her face get emotional, and they do that stuff really well. And mm. so those have sort of been those beats for me so far that I think are like, here's where the art is, and it's not just pretty and really technically sound. But yeah, I, I've been looking for more of that too. I'm, yeah, I'm wondering. Um, sorry. No, go ahead. No, mm. I'm saying I'm wondering, uh, like, since they. Like, how many of those moments are there that you guys have seen in this early part of the game? Like, it seems a little disappointing that it's just a lot of, you know, shooting and not a lot of those, like, really good, like, emotional bits. Like, you know, like, they want you to, like, really shoot and kill things in this game, which is, I guess, but, like, what would make me interested is is kind of like Alan says, like, waiting for those, like the art to shine through it was like yeah that is not going to do it for me like me hiding in tall grass is just not appealing to me <laughs> at all so yeah I'm, I'm just wondering like how much of that stuff are you going to get spliced in yeah and, like stabbing someone in the neck yeah yeah i like, enjoyed the the little banter that they have walking around i think that's like really charming sometimes some of the stuff that mm-hmm. dina says is actually funny and um but yeah i, I get what you mean like just they have like really crazy stuff like the people twitch after you shoot them and like just the gore is so real and well done and i just really hope that that's not where all of their emphasis was placed (laughs) right aside from thinking that's messed up i just move on you know it's yeah that that, that's actually a a really so two things real quick i I was just about to say the the quiet moments between characters when you're going from point to point 
and they're talking to each other and, and they're kind of teasing out more of that, you know, since we've last seen them in, in Last of Us Part 1. Um, that stuff is really cool because there's a lot of stuff you're still learning about Ellie herself and, and the people that she interacts with. There's even stuff you're still learning about Joel in, in, in those moments, which is really dope. There's um, the, the monster that is Joel. Um, <laughs> there's also, like Alan said, there, there were times where, you know, I remember one time calling through a tight space, someone... I think was coming at me and I like shot them in the head. And when I like crawled over them and like, once I got out of that area, like the back of their head, it was like completely just, you know, Missing. destroy. It looked really gruesome. And there's a moment where I, I stealth killed someone. And when I brought them down and pulled the knife out, like the, the way the blood, you know, like it looks very realistic is, is what I'll, is what yeah. I'll say. Um, and it's extremely disturbing and much like an uncharted game where like Nathan will, you know, survive something that for me would be extremely traumatic. Like, holy shit, I can't believe I almost plummeted to my death. He'll be like, ha whatever. And he just kind of keeps going. <laughs> it, it's a lot of that kind of shit, except it's yeah. like, oh, I just blew someone's head off and like a chunk yeah. of their brains are on the wall. Uh, and then they're just like, hey, so remember that one time we rented a, we watched this movie together? And I was like, what the fuck, guys? Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, so there's very little, I mean, there's, that's always been a discussion too, you know, in terms of like how many people Nathan Drake kills and all this kind of stuff. But in this case, it, it feels very, um, it feels super disturbing, but it also like, I get what, I get where they're going. I get what, I get where they're going with the story they want to tell. Um, but I, I agree. I wish like a part of me really wishes, especially as I grapple with something like experiencing this Bloodborne and Mafia three at the same time, three games that have such interesting worlds that hit for very different reasons right now, especially like two of them involve, you know, a disease that has spread across the land and, you know, everything is gone to shit. One of them is, you know, mafia three in this case has deals with some very topical issues, especially right now. And the main verb in all of these things is like kill. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, yeah. you know, you're, you're, uh, Super, you're a superhero dude or not, not dude, but you're a superhero character who is like a, a master killer and um, I don't know. There, there are parts of me that wishes sometimes that like, man, I wish this was a game about in a, in the way that like sometimes in Uncharted, my favorite moments are like uncovering the mysteries and solving puzzles. Because um, there are moments like that in Last of Us Part Two where you're kind of going through these sites that are like archaeological digs, but they just happen to be downtown Seattle, and you're seeing yeah. like what a coffee shop looks like when you know vines and trees grow through it, and it's like that shit is cool. But especially you know considering what the metaphors are going on there with how nature has sort of taken over and quote unquote corrupted, you know, us and each other. And you no, know. anyway, uh, I just, there's a lot of me that's still like, ah, oh, like you're so close to doing something yeah. that I, that I yeah. really, really want. And, and a part of me is also kind of detaching that from the equation too. Cause I know that's a little unfair to be like, I want this to tell me this and it's not right, doing that. Yeah. So I'm upset. Um, <laughs> so yeah. I don't know if y'all have any final thoughts on Last of Us Part Two so far, but uh, yeah, Alan, perhaps. Uh, yeah, I no, I totally agree with you. I some parts of it have come off as very, very uh, predictable. Just if 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 you even just hold it up to the modern day, like it doesn't surprise me that the militia who thought that you know the government was trying to take away their rights by trying to keep them from getting sick, it doesn't surprise me that most of them got sick and died. <laughs> you know, there's that one part where you it's 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 early. We all pass that. It's like where you think you're stumbling upon their like base and you're like ready, and then you get there and you're like, oh, no one's here. And I was like, yeah, no, yeah. no shit. <laughs> like they're dead. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, there's parts that are predictable. I'm hoping that 
it gets less so, especially when you start finding out motivations for the other characters you get to play as. I'm really looking forward to that. But uh, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm super curious, Cam. When you finally get around to this, well, you know, on the on the PlayStation Five. Yeah. Um, I'm so curious because you're gonna you're you're kind of right now in this sort of, you know, to excuse the weird metaphor, but you're sort of like quarantining yourself from all of the the discussion and the and the, the all the hot takes, especially happening right now. Yeah. I, so I'm so curious to get your take later on. I just find myself like also with this, like I'm in no rush to do it. And also, like, everybody's having all these, like, fresh takes and stuff. And I I, sometimes I do get influenced by other people's takes. So just having that time um, to eventually get to it, I think it'll be better for when I play it. Like, it'll it'll feel, like, a lot fresher, you know? Totally, totally. I I think it'll be be that much better of an experience for you also. Because, like, right now everybody's feelings are raw and, like, they're, they're still fresh. They haven't really, like, I always try to, like, let my thoughts coagulate a little bit before i you know talk about them a bit more which is which is why it's weird to talk about last of us right now only having been like six hours in right but there's also something really cool about that like it's the reason why i've I've been enjoying playing uh this is my transition here uh playing bloodborne because i get to reflect on it in real time and and talk about it in real time and the things that i'm loving and the things that i'm really not loving because i'm uncovering those more and more as i go um but uh, before we get into some VR stuff, Cam, I, I gotta we gotta do our Bloodborne, our weekly Bloodborne. Yeah, check-in. man. Um, My Alan, part. have you played Bloodborne by chance? I have not because Uh-oh. I don't know. I just I've I steer clear of like Soulsborne type games just because like I play games to relax. So the games that like kind of want to piss you off are not the ones I would pick. But <laughs> right. I've, I've been listening lately, and I heard you're godly at Bloodborne. So. Yeah. <laughs> Paul's the, I, 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 the best at Bloodborne. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it makes me so I, mad. I, I, yeah, I, I just did something apparently that people were like, we fucking finally got there. Like, okay, th- good, cool. Because like, it was something that was supposed to happen a while ago if I died. But I, yeah. just, uh, I guess I, re- I just refused to die stubbornly. But I would say I will say that Bloodborne is, for me at least, pretty relaxing despite the weird, tense environment <laughs> and the, the nasty sort of sound design and all that stuff. It is actually kind of like calming and, and nice sometimes, especially if you, when you get familiar with an area. But uh, Cam, I'm curious to know how far you've gotten. Uh, yeah, so... Every time I played this game, I always get to this specific part. It's like after the Forbidden Woods when you're fighting the. Um, I don't know if you've gotten there yet, but um, yeah, because yeah, I haven't watched your stream in a while. But uh, you get to the boss of that area, which is like the um, the shadows of Yarnum, and it's these three like hooded characters, and they all have like different attacks. So there's like a a guy who like spams you with like magic, and there's a guy who's up in your face with like a katana, and then there's a mid range guy who like burns you if you get close, and then he like has a sword that extends, and they always give me a hard time. So like I'm I, I did that like three four times the other day, and I was just like, you know what? Let me put it down. Well, I put it down, and then I just been grinding for like when I had time to play. I haven't really had time this week to play like much video games, so because like work is insane right now, but. Uh, yeah, so it's just been kind of fun. Like I never really grind in these games, and I've just been doing that lately, uh, which mm-hmm. is a really nice thing. But I wanted to say, like, I think your approach to this game in particular is really dope. Like you're like a, you know, like a like a toddler, like learning. You know, like kids are not afraid of anything until you make them afraid of something. And I think you approach <laughs> right. this game like that, and it's 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 really cool to see you like oh just like straight up fight a bag man like you know like or you know, beat a boss in one take. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's, this is ridiculous. I love it. Like you have none of that like baggage to go along with it. 
Um, yeah. So it, it's really dope to to see your journey with this game. Like I've been trying to get you to like, you have no idea, Alan. Like this has been a, a years long <laughs> thing. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. I I will say um, I think there is something to that's that's why I was so fascinated by your journey with The Last of Us at least because mm-hmm. like you played the first one years later and then you're playing this one years later. I think there is something to avoiding um, all that not only discussion but just like the the intricacies of how yeah. things are not only just uh, designed and and how you approach them but also how they're perceived by a lot of folks. <clears throat> and for me. Uh, I don't have, like you said, that baggage. I don't have, I'm like, oh, if I die, I die. It's fine. Like, I, you know, no, no skin off my back. I mean, I'll lose some blood echoes. I'll be a little tight about that, but I can always go back and try to get them back if I can. Um, but there is something fun about encountering a new challenge each time and then knowing, okay, like I said in previous episodes, like, what are you trying to tell me? Like Bloodborne, what are you trying to tell me right now? Like you're, you're clearly giving me the instructions. Like you're giving me game. I need to like actually listen and and learn, right? Mm-hmm. So, and also I think taking the fear out of out of dying and losing. Like when when you when you remove those stakes, um, it can be really liberating. Like this one tip I got about playing um, survival horror games, for example, I think I got it from Heather via Kirk was. Let let them kill you one time. So like let Mr. X or let uh, whatever, mm. let them grab you and kill you so you know what happens. So that way like that fear kind of – and there's something to be said about, you know, playing inside of that fear and letting that thing impact you in a way because that's kind of what the game is designed to try to do to you. But once that fear is stripped away, then it's like, okay, now it's now it's fun time. Yeah. But um, the thing that I'm like hitting again over and over again is that – wall where you go like it happened a couple times um this week where i went to the nightmare area the nightmare whatever it's called oh the and nightmare menses yeah something like that yeah i think that's exactly what it is and um you know i, I was like confused there was a couple new enemies there and i was getting to learn them and then like there was a there's a bell that this woman is ringing and she's like spawning NPCs, uh, like actual like players into the game. So there was one player that like like rolled up on me, and I I kind of gave him a, a bit of a fight, but then he just completely washed me, and I was like, oh okay. So that's kind of annoying. Yep. Like the fact that, um, you know, they're impeding my progress got me c- to, to consider actually like playing offline. Yeah, because I would I rather just face. Cause... Yeah, I, I might do that. Um. Just because I was like, it felt kind of cheap to me. It felt like, oh, you're just adding an obstacle here that is not what I want. It's, it's not what I came to Bloodborne it's for. Also, it's also like, like, it's I, not on you, right? Like, this right. person might be, you know, well-versed and it's your first time coming across it. It's like, if that's going to happen every time, you're ne- you'll never get past that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, it, it felt like an unnecessary hurdle. And then, you know, eventually getting to another area where I faced an enemy that I was clearly underpowered for. or like for the first time, a bag man killed me on a stream. I think uh, hey. this week, and yeah, and I and I I left them with a pixel of of like health, and I, it, it felt kind of cheap. I was like, oh, that's that's bullshit. There was another time where an enemy hit me like through a gate, and I was like, oh, that's also kind of bullshit. Yeah. So there are like moments where it's you know it's imperfections show for sure, but the moments where I hit those walls and I have to realize, like you said, okay, time for me to grind. That um, feels so tied to 
video game as a language video games as a language yeah. that for me i think sometimes I, I get frustrated by those kinds of things like I, there's a lot of discussion happening right now especially uh, and we'll talk about it later on it's, it's one of my it's one of my questions for us this week about the length of games and stuff like that and for me it just feels like extra padding and you know at a time when i'm when i'm trying to do more than just play games i'm like i'm, I'm also playing three games at a time like three triple a games at a time and you know i'm trying to like do other shit like watch stuff and read stuff it feels like it feels a little disappointing. Like we had a viewpoints one episode where um, Steven said there are some games that are designed like like the best books and, and music albums and, and movies aren't designed to like really waste your time. But mm. sometimes the best games are. And that's something that I continue to like, I don't know rub up against that feels pretty uncomfortable for me uh and bloodborne definitely has that inside of it like baked in as a as a as a feature you know <laughs> yeah. um and you know it, it's definitely a game where people are like i don't know they i, I talked about it on stream actually like th th there was a part where i you know i think i just beat a boss or something and i was like honestly if i wasn't streaming this game i'd probably walk away now and i'd be like content it's exactly what i did with sekido where i was like okay i think i'm good i think i think i kind of understand the main points here and then chat kept saying like oh but just wait just wait but everything i keep coming across it's it's very pretty it's very cool it's very like surprising but i also feel like i get it like you're just beating me over the head with the same things and it's like i know that's kind of the point of a FromSoft game but it's also a kind of language that i'm kind of becoming more and more uncomfortable with as i get older because i'm like i look at my watch and i'm like man i want to do something else right now um so yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's definitely like an old, it, as I get older type of thing. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, Cam, I'm curious if you have any thoughts. No, yeah, you, you kind of hit on it. Like I like like I say all the time. Like I'm not good at these Soulsborne games at all, and the mechanics of it all is not my favorite thing. Like I don't necessarily really? like playing them. Like I don't enjoy. Like I do enjoy it, but the fighting and stuff is just not what I come there for i come for like the mm. the items right like i love how they build lore in this game specifically um right i i just dig i love gothic horror i love cosmic horror like i love that stuff so this is like uh you know a mash of those both and unfortunately you have to like really like dive into this game just to even get a glimpse of some of that stuff and it's kind of hard. Like, I can understand where somebody might come out of this being like, yeah, I just put myself through all this, like, grueling fucking fights and, like, frustration just to half understand the, what, what just happened, like, throughout the whole story. Yeah. And I fear, like, that might happen to you um, because you are going in so blind. Um, but I, I, I think you'll, you'll, you'll dig it in the end. Like you said, like, it, whatever you, whenever you stop, you'd be like, oh, I did it. Like, that's fine. Yeah. 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 And I, I think I'm like kind of hitting that limit. I, I want to keep pushing and see if, you know, eventually I can just at this point, it's like the sunken cost fallacy. It's like I might as well just push through and, and get, get to the end. But there are times where I definitely feel like you said there are there are moments where the chat will tell me like, no, no, no like go help that character. Like something happened without giving away spoilers. Something happened where I lost a character and I didn't even know it was that character. Uh, and I didn't even know that like if they died, they're like gone for good. Oh. And um, I was kind of like, it, it fell super flat for me. It felt like, oh, 
okay, well, that's disappointing. I, I didn't know A, who that was. <laughs> And B, I didn't, I didn't know, like, right. I mean, I should have, I guess I should have known if I really, like, if I had the fucking, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia fucking chart with strings and photos and things connecting yeah. everywhere with like headshots of everybody connected, like it's fucking Mafia 3. If I had that, if I was taking notes, then I would have been like, oh, okay, but I'm not playing that game this way at all. Right. Um, and I'm not really paying attention to that stuff in that manner. So that felt super flat for me. And it was disappointing because chat was like, oh, like, you know, they're they're gone. They're gone for good. And I was like, all right, well, fuck them. Yeah, like, like I, I, I didn't care them, about them when they were here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like so, whatever. Fuck, no skin off my back. I guess I won't <laughs> get that cutscene or whatever the fuck. Um, no, no cutscene. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There, so even there are then, no I'm like, okay, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm 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 having mixed a mixed experience with it. I'm still having a decent time with it, yeah. but I I understand where the affection that's like, that's always my main point of view is like, I just want to get to the understanding portion of the equation where I'm like, I get why y'all love this game so much. And I kind of do yeah. like, there are moments where the, some of that lore stuff does shine through. But for me, for the most part, I'm just kind of like, okay, I get it. And, I, and I'm ready to kind of move on. Hey, but, um, welcome to the, you know. the bloodborne witcher hater podcast. Like we just, yeah, <laughs> we just disappointed people the left. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, ruining yeah. people. Feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> however many stars you want. Yeah, we're um, but yeah, um, Alan, tell me about some of these uh, other games you've been playing on your playlist. Um, well, aside from checking in uh, with Animal Crossing every once in a while, uh, which has come come to sort of a slow stop now that I hit five stars. Uh, I've just been playing VR titles, just jumping in and out of different games. Nice. Um, so lots of super hot Beat Saber, like arcadey sort of repetitive type games, but that have like that satisfying core loop. Yeah. Um, and Half Life Alex, I just beat that last week. That game stressed the hell out of me. <laughs> I, I also still haven't even launched it yet. Yeah, I don't like horror games. Like for me to play them, like they have to be really good or like push me to play them. And like Half Life Alex is technically it's categorized like on the Steam like page as like being an action adventure that game is scary as shit um especially when you're like in it and you have like head crabs jumping at you and like zombies like shambling at you but yeah that game was uh incredible yeah i i I bought it a a while back and i was like oh yeah i'm gonna get to this any day now and then i'm like (laughs) let's shoot a bloodborne baby (laughs) let's go back to a game from a few years ago Uh, i still need to get to that game but i've heard nothing but amazing things about it but i hearing about it being like more of a survival horror game also makes yeah. me like not the most pumped to, to play that in <laughs> VR, but you yeah. know, I'll, I'll power through it for the culture, I guess uh, the yeah. same way I'm powering through last of us. Um, yeah. I've also been meaning to get back into beat saber too. Cause beat saber, I, I love rhythm games with a passion mm-hmm. and beat saber is also the perfect situation of like getting a glimpse into the future where VR headsets aren't as cumbersome and they, they don't make you sweat in a way that like, cause that game, when I play it, I want to like, I'm trying to do some fucking cardio at the same time. Like I'll, but then like having to do it with a headset on where you get sweaty. I'm like, man, I really got to get on my VR do rag startup game. Cause I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to make millions off of that. I've mentioned it before, but it's going to happen. Uh, but yeah, I need to get back into Beat Saber, Be- Beat Saber. And, and since I've like last played it, they've released like so many DLC packs where I'm like, Timbaland? They have a Timbaland fucking <laughs> yeah, DLC pack? I don't know where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. I was like, okay, I'll, I, I guess so. Why not? Um, yeah, but it's um, it's pretty good, especially, I don't know what um, headset you have, but I have the Quest, and being able to play that wirelessly is, like, incredible. 
Yeah, no, I still have the Rift S. So I'm so mad about that. I bought the Rift S like a month before they were like, oh, guess what? The Quest, you could just use a USB cable. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking Oculus. God damn it. Yeah. Um, that's funny. But yeah. Being able to play it like without a wire sounds like it, that's the kind of future I'm talking about. I need I need, I need that future where I'm not gonna like my cat's not gonna get tangled in it or something, or my <laughs> my partner's not gonna trip on it once she walks past. Um, but yeah, um, Cam and and you you still been playing some uh, some modern warfare? Yeah, I see. It's eh? it's like it's my go to. I don't have enough time to play video games. Game, you know, like mm. it lets me drop in, get that satisfaction of like playing a game. And then dropping back out. So, like, my heart is just racing, you know, a little bit. And then I can go straight to bed and have nightmares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, have a panic attack in the middle of the night. But, uh, yeah, Modern Warfare, I guess they recently had an update where, like, I guess there's a new season. So, like, a bunch of shit just reset, which I was not expecting. Like, so everybody's, like, levels went down a bit. So, I mean, that was weird. I didn't know what anything was. Um, but I've been playing the uh, War, uh, the it's called Warzone um, single player, mm. and it's the hardest fucking game ever. Like, if you go back to that game after not playing a while, everybody just gets better. There's like a meta set of weapons, like, and if you don't have those yeah. weapons, you're just assed out. So, like, it's not particularly fun. Like, <laughs> not playing, and <laughs> in in you know, I have not played in a while. Um, right. So, like, yeah, I was just, like, really frustrated the other day because, like, you know, I dropped in. Like, I like the the Battle Royale games. Um, I dropped in, you know, got a kill or two, and then just out of nowhere just got just harassed by, like, mm. two people on separate teams. I was like, what is happening right now? Like, you know, and they all had, like, the, the weapon that I guess this is, like, a, a, a sp- particular, like, um, machine gun that everybody runs around with. And I was like, well, I don't have that, so... I'm not going to play this game anymore. Um, yeah. So I just jumped into some like hardcore uh, team deathmatch, and I was having a great time. I was like, "Oh, this is this is more like it." Yeah. <laughs> this, is like, this is the blanket I was hoping. Yeah, for. exactly. So I just played that for a little bit, but uh, that game is still good. Like it, it does what it's supposed to do. You know. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely some good old comfort food. Yeah. If you're in the mood for it. Yeah, man. There's nothing like um, a Call of Duty hit marker, man. Yeah, word, word. That that sound effect will always be extremely satisfying. So um, uh, all right, cool. Let's jump into the news this week. It's, it's going to be really tough to talk about the news this week. Just a fair warning in advance. Uh, a lot of stuff has been going down, so a bit of a content warning for you know sexual assault and that kind of stuff and, and abuse. But um, man, what a week it's been yeah. uh, as folks continue to get put on blast and get taken out the paint, rightfully so, as as a starting as a starting point at least. Um, it's been horrifying to see all these uh, accounts and, and also at the same time, not very shocking, which is also equally as awful and disappointing for a variety of other reasons. But um, this first story uh, this week um, is taken from PC Gamer. Uh, Chris Avalone accused of sexual misconduct conduct by multiple women. The allegations were made over the weekend and have prompted some studios to reconsider his work on their games. So, um, well-known game writer Chris Avalone is a subject of multiple allegations of predatory behavior and sexual misconduct following an IGN interview with him and Emily Grace Buck, who worked together on the upcoming RPG The Waylanders. In response to a tweet about the interview, Twitter user Carissa described her experiences with Avalone at a convention, including both personal interactions and an account of his behavior towards others. So, after that tweet sort of went live, um, 
you know, things started to definitely uh, gain momentum. And so much so that uh, Gato Studio, which I believe was a studio that was currently working uh, with Avalon um, on the writing side, I think that he'd done very little writing for one of their upcoming games. Uh, They tweeted out the team here at Gato Salvaje uh, spent the past few days reading the stories, shared online and reflecting. We have prepared the following statement um, and they just kind of talked about basically them uh, severing ties with him and removing the content that was going to be inside in, in the game and all that stuff. And um, yeah, a couple other companies as well released some statements on Twitter, like Techland Games, and um, it's been it's been a lot to to process, especially. Um, yeah, I personally am not very familiar with their with their work, but I. Um, you know, obviously, stand in solidarity with all the folks coming forward, and 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 that stuff is not easy for sure. Uh, but I'm curious, uh, Cam, have you got a chance to check this out just yet? The story, uh, not this particular one. Um, I'm not, uh, like you said, I'm, I'm I also am not too familiar with Chris Avalone, Avalone, Avalone. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But I, yeah, I mean, look, I am. Definitely on the side of the people who are affected by this, you know, like, I I think it's going to become a thing where more people are going to be outed. And as uh, fans of these people and stuff like that, you just kind of have to accept the fact that people that you were or, um, you know, uh, interact with or do like and admire and stuff, at some point, they're going to end up like it's it's gonna happen you know you're gonna you're gonna they're gonna get outed and you just have to be okay with like letting them go and you know holding them responsible and you have to like i don't know like i think it's hard for a lot of people to realize that that's the case like you know like that yeah your 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 fave is 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 fucked up or you know super problematic or you know a straight up abuser um so like I mean, don't, don't, don't stand these people <laughs> um, yeah. and just listen to people like, right. Like all the, all the people that are coming forward, um, listen to them and, and believe them. And, you know, we, we got to make this, this space a better place for people to want to do that. Um, yeah. To, to want to be able to speak up. Cause that's, it must be the hardest thing ever to do that, especially when these higher ups and stuff have so much clout and so much like, you know, fandom around them um where it is easy to get this stuff swept under the rug or just straight up not not um not believed or something like that but man this shit is all nasty bro like i i get i got so fucking mad the other day just because i'm like yo these people are really like abusing their power like straight up like yeah and it like I kind of got mad at myself because I was like, damn, this shit really fucking happens all everywhere. Like, you know, like, I don't know why I assumed like it would be like less in the game space. But like, bro, like if you just talk to any one of your like female friends or your femme friends, like everybody has a fucking story. Like everybody. Oh, yeah. Not just talking about like the video game stuff, but just like everybody has a a story about abuse. It's just it's fucking nasty and it's gross. And we, we need to do a lot better with like calling that shit out like i said last week like yo have those awkward conversations when you see it step up like it's it's better to have that awkward ass conversation right there in in the moment um and i I stand by that for real because you know me paul like i'll say some shit like i'll just say it like (laughs) you know like 
uh, I'm, I just don't, I don't, I don't have like, you know, I, I don't stand people like that. Like I, I meet people and I, you know, have good relationships, but I, my friends are my friends and, and that's it. Like if you do whack shit, I'm not going to be down for that at all. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And, it, and it's like, you know, you're seeing it also, I mean, there's, there have been so many people on the Ubisoft side, especially too, um, being, you know, all these allegations coming out towards yeah. them and, and, uh, unlike, you know, on the Twitch side too, like from streamers and stuff, it's, this is definitely a systemic issue that, that runs deep in, you know, so many different industries. We're seeing it across the board now, especially, which I'm like, you know, a part of me is, you know, in a way, like grateful that this is starting to happen, right? Like this shit can't stand anymore. Like it, it's so fucking like, for me, at least it's so maddening because, you know, it, it's, we, we used to always kind of jokingly say like, who raised you? And like, mm-hmm. you know, what the fuck was, you know, whatever kind of different jokes you would throw around. But honestly, it, it kind of comes down to that in a lot of ways. It's like, it's, it's a matter of like the way you were, you know, uh, not just not, not to put the blame on like, you know, their parents or whatever. Cause we saw some, I saw one YouTuber or some shit. I forgot, uh, I forgot what their name was, but they were talking about that. Like, you know, when I was young, all this bullshit, um, it's still not an excuse. It still doesn't excuse their behavior, right. but you know, it is something like you said, right? Like it, it needs to happen. Um, these things need to be confronted and, and nipped in the bud Im- immediately. And we can't reward this kind of stuff. And it's, it's a shame because for so long, these people who, who come into power, however small, right? They they're just prone to abuse that kind of shit. So, um, yeah, man, I know it's a pr- super heavy topic, <laughs> Alan, and I didn't mean to start the news off this week with this thing in particular, but I'm curious to get your yeah. thoughts on this. I mean, I, I haven't really been following like the proper articles and the stories. I've mostly just been having a lot of like people that I mutually follow and stuff now in the industry on like Twitter and stuff. You couldn't open that thing without seeing like at least yeah. three stories from somebody. Nice. And so it was just, I don't know. It was just like, I, I, I kind of got the sense that it was happening. I think everybody does, but you don't really know how much it's happening right. and like right. the, the depth of the problem. And so like for a good minute, I was just horrified by that shit. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like devs are really treated. They're, they're like on attack on like, they're being attacked like on all sides pretty much. Cause they're the first people who get blamed for a problem in games with decisions that are usually probably handled by business people. And then, you know, they don't feel safe at work. So it just, it just really upset me because these are people who clock in and out and stay away from their families and work late to make something just for you to fucking enjoy. Like it's not even a necessity. It's just Mm -hmm. something to make you happy. So it kind of, yeah, it bothered me a lot, but at the same time, I mean, it is good that it's all coming out because this shit was happening before anyway, it was just quiet. So now we know, um, who the perpetrators are. Yeah. We know, we know what's going on now. So it could hopefully only get better from here. Um, and I just really hope that everybody who's been like affected uh, finds that, that peace. Cause I know how hard it could be when you, you try to, you know, get peace from someone who, who, who isn't really right in themselves. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. obviously these people doing this shit are not right in themselves. So yeah. 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 It, it's, um, it's going to definitely be an ongoing issue moving forward. I think we're, we're hopefully uh, at least starting to communicate to younger folks out there, especially seeing a lot of their own personal favorites start to get brought up into the discussion. Um, you know, cause th- this is a, uh, it, it's a problem and it's a problem, especially like we're seeing it's, it's not just on the, the developer publisher side of things. It's the content creators, even, in, even within the media, I've been seeing like, you know, per- firsthand accounts from folks talking about things that have happened to them from folks in the same company, like in the same newsroom and stuff. And it's like, 
it's it's brutal it's so heartbreaking to to hear that stuff and and uh you know kind of like cam was alluding to earlier you want to be in that position to you don't want to be in that position rather but you you want to think that you'd be able to call that shit out and confront it and you know support your your colleagues and your friends when, when the time came to it but there's also just so many other discussions too around um you know the sort of rape culture that continues to persist where we're talking about events that involve alcohol and, and, yeah. and different ways. Like, I mean, one of the, sh- you know, one of the things we'll be talking about later, one, one of the shows that we're going to be talking about, I, th- I don't know if Cam, are you going to, I don't know if you're also going to, we're, yeah. we're going to be talking about the same show kind of deals with that stuff. Cause it's, it's just a part of, unfortunately, it's just a part of the world we live in and, and we really, really got to do better um, from like the ground up altogether. It's not just something that we can continue to put band-aids on and, and do like, you know, the, the bare minimum for, and it's like, also keep in mind, keep a look at what these companies are doing to address these issues and, um, keep, keep applying that pressure because, you know, I, I want to think that if I was with a colleague somewhere and they weren't feeling safe or whatever, that I would step up and, and do what I can do my part or whatever. But I also understand too, in in the situations like those, uh, that's not, not always the, you know, the, the preferred, action especially on on behalf of whoever right. the, the the victim is in in that in that case or whatever so it's it's definitely such a complicated issue to discuss but i'm hoping that um you know like we've said already things can 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 get better and stuff but god damn man it's it's so gruesome to c- continue to see this on your feet every day and and um i'm glad at least that we're where the folks are talking about it more and it's becoming more a part of the conversation at the very least because you know we can't just continue to brush this under the rug and and um we got to do we got to do better at, you know all together we got to do better but um yeah um so yeah solidarity with everybody coming forward as always uh you know it's it's tough and if there's any way obviously that like we can help obviously you know if there's anything we can do um yeah. we'll, we'll we'll do our best but um yeah our, our next story this was another interesting interesting week for news man but our next story is Microsoft is shutting down Mixer and uh partnering with Facebook Gaming to move to move the platform over to Facebook which is a weird and bizarre fascinating uh sequence of events but it's taken from the verge Microsoft is closing its Mixer service on July 22nd and plans to move existing partners over to Facebook Gaming. The surprise announcement means Mixer's partners and streamers will be transitioned to Facebook Gaming starting today, and Microsoft will no longer operate Mixer as a service in a month's time. Microsoft has struggled to reach the scale needed for Mixer to compete with Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook Gaming, which has led to the to, to earlier this week's decision. Uh, they said, we started pretty far behind in terms of where Mixer's monthly active users were compared to some of the big players out there. Uh, I think the Mixer community is really going to benefit from the broad audience that Facebook has through their properties and the abilities to reach gamers in a very seamless way through the social platform Facebook has. So um, this was so fascinating on so many levels because we even had a uh, you know former um, uh, friend of the show, former guest on the show as well, Tom Caswell. He he was streaming on Mixer yeah. and we talked to him about why he preferred Mixer and. Um, you know, it's got to be such a hit, such a blow to a lot of these people who have been, um, you know, obviously gathering an audience and working on that platform and just a, a very real reminder that, you know, as as long as you're on these different platforms and you're playing by other people's rules, the minute they decide to switch shit up, like that really fucks with your yeah. with your plans. And in this case, some people's money. And so it's a whole different, whole interesting mix of uh, issues here, especially considering the fact that like, 
I think employees and and even partners and and people who are streaming on Mixer like they kind of found out found out on the same day like through the news cycle like they weren't even informed internally so can you imagine you know waking up one day or I saw one account from on Twitter someone said they were like on vacation or something and they found out like that it's got to be soul crushing to to realize that your platform is being essentially taken away from you um Cam, I'm curious if you've been following the story at all. If you have, if you have any thoughts, it's it's so wild. Yeah, no. Like the first initial thought was like, "Yo, this is a super bummer," especially for the people who have that like weird space where like, "All right, I'm, I'm kind of killing it on Mixer, and now I have to go somewhere else to YouTube to Twitch, um, like gathering up that that fan base again and being thrown back into the sea of already like saturated shit." is must be like devastating you know especially i'm sure some people are making some bit of money from it um and i'm wondering how those like contracts work now like since they weren't in the original contracts to work for facebook are they just allowed to like not be partners with them anymore or like like uh what's his name what's the 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 big deal they just did with um i forgot the guy's name Ninja? ninja like does can he just dip like i think he like got like a I think he got paid to like leave oh he got paid to leave I think so if I'm not mistaken but I know that like because I'm way or another, I know that definitely got that couldn't have been that. you know they couldn't have foreseen this but you know that wasn't in his original contract to work you know to be streaming on Facebook gaming so I'm sure he was right. able to just grab his bread and dip which is like fucking dope for him I guess but um yeah I'm wondering how the, all that shit is gonna like work out in the end um but th- this is seems like a bummer, man. Like it's it sucks that like there's a, there is a bottom line to all this stuff, and that is you know the the bread is like most important. Um, I wish they kind of right. would have like grassroots it and you know held out if they could, but I guess I guess they probably already tried to do that. Um, but yeah, man, it, it is it is some sad 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 news, man. Especially too, uh, considering the fact that like they've been taking some heat too for. Uh, Recently, like another story we have later on, uh, we can talk about it now because it's de- definitely uh, directly related yeah. in this case where former Mixer employees were calling out uh, racist management within Mixer. And then all this is starting to happen as well at the same time. So it feels like, you know, all these fires are happening on, on so many different levels. And uh, yeah, Alan, I'm curious to get your take on, on you know, Mixer basically just dissolving and, and moving things over to Facebook where some some folks also had their own reservations about facebook for obvious reasons that we don't even have to you know spell out but i'm curious to get your your thoughts uh well with mixer first and foremost i just thought it was like it's crazy to me how like larger corporations expect you to jump onto their platform and rep their platform and like go hard for their platform and then to just like dissolve it Mm -hmm. and then expect you to jump on the next shit that they're about to come out with like I, I just don't, like, I don't understand. And then the whole thing with Ninja, it's like, I wonder, instead of paying larger, already established streamers millions of dollars to come to your platform, how about you save that change and maybe invest in some new ones on right. your own? You know, and I get what they were trying to do by bringing those, like, fresh eyes over to the platform and kind of taking it from Twitch, but I don't know. It just seems like an unfortunate way to spend your money on yeah. on, on something that didn't even bear any fruit, really. A lot of people said Ninja did worse on Mixer. Um, so the whole thing is just unfortunate. And then the stories that came out of Mixer, like that Kotaku article, 
I read through it and just some of the stuff that was going on there was kind of disgusting. So yeah, I can understand man. why they gave up between money problems and, you know, internal restructuring that they might have had to do in response. I think it was like, you know, a weak move, but I don't know what else they really could have done. Yeah, it was like the perfect right. storm of bullshit. That yeah, like, you know what? At the right time. Yeah, with Zuckerberg at. Yeah, for real. And, and it's, it's so interesting, too, uh, considering like the other stuff that's been involved with Facebook and in the news and how they've been pr- pretty much underperforming for a lot of different reasons. And I think like it's kind of becoming a very widely held belief. I mean, I haven't had Facebook for I don't even know how long now um, that like, you know, that company is super sus and like people are like just very not trusting of it for for a variety of reasons but yeah i mean like i can't imagine i also like you know I'm, i'll be real twitch is also in the news this week for for a couple of other bullshit things that have been happening with especially you know on their watch and even within their their own structure so like no one is no one is like fucking uh innocent yeah. here yeah <laughs> it, it sucks that the the options are like all right it's youtube and and you know all their fucking bullshit it's twitch and amazon and all their fucking bullshit it's like it, or, or Facebook, it's like, it's horrible. It's, I mean, I stream on Twitch. I'll, I'll be honest too. And I've also been looking into like alternatives, but there doesn't seem to be any real alternatives out there that, that's, that provide that sort of same reach and support and, you know, infrastructure that these companies already have going for them. And it's like, it's, it's a big bummer. Like right now would be a really great time for someone to step in here and be like, Hey, you know what? We're going to do this. And we're, you know, Hey, look, if, if you say, uh, if you start spreading, some coronavirus conspiracy theories or you know you stream from a bathroom i mean you know we'll talk about that in a second or you 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 behave in any any way like that we're gonna fucking take you off the platform if your audience behaves like that we're we're not playing that shit like now would be the time right Right. just even as like as an experiment i would be so curious to see that but um yeah twitch is also in the news this week Our, our next couple of stories um they also started cleaning house on the on their end with with their a couple of their streamers or a bunch of their streamers. Uh, they're finally starting to ban streamers accused of sexual abuse, which I mean, honestly, a little uh, long time coming if if you ask me. But uh, this is taken from Kotaku. Uh, over the weekend, over fifty people, mostly women, in and around the world of Twitch, came forward to accuse streamers and other industry figures, mostly men, of sexual abuse. As the week has progressed, that number has swelled to nearly 100. After, after the initial wave of accusations, Twitch promised to investigate and potentially take action. Now it has, or at least it started to. So Wednesday night, Twitch banned five streamers who have been accused of sexual misconduct. Um, uh, in a statement posted to its official blog, Twitch said that it's reviewing each case that has come to light as quickly as possible while ensuring appropriate due diligence. Uh, it's ca- it's correct uh, characterized the bans as permanent suspensions meaning the streamers in questions won't be coming back so yeah it's um again this story is full of some pretty awful stuff to read through and you know things that you just kind of scratch your head and wonder like what the fuck and it, you know it's kind of obvious the same way that youtube has held on to certain folks who've had problematic uh pasts especially um you know it almost seems like now it's like all right now is finally the time where you know maybe we've we've kind of you know squeeze as much blood out of the stone to forgive the metaphor like you know as as much as we can and now it's time to just like get rid of these folks uh it's it definitely does feel like a reckoning across the board yeah. and, and it's definitely a long time coming for sure cam we've talked about twitch in the past on the show a lot. at length yeah. um definitely want to get your take on on this specific story as well uh yeah i i feel like it it needs to happen like you said earlier it's a little too late 
Um, but again, like you mentioned it earlier in the, the previous story, but like, you know, you, you don't own your content when you stream on these things, right? Like we don't own yeah. Apple podcast services. They can shut us down at any time, you know, like all these different things across the board. So like, I'm wondering like, what is the future going to hold? Because I think there either needs to be a lot more um, streaming platforms um, or like they really got to like buckle down and, and make it uh, a, a safe space because I mean, our, our next, our next story is just like, what? I don't, I don't know how this hasn't happened already. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Right. <laughs> this shit just doesn't make any sense to me like and then for them to be so vague about what actually happened is just ridiculous but yeah man like i, I don't know I, I don't trust any of these these services to do right um but i hope that they keep this up um they got they got to really gain back the trust of the people um absolutely but yeah yeah and i think also at, at the same time you know so very quickly um before i throw it over to you alan um our next story, like Cam alluded to, is the fact that Twitch uh, earlier this week banned Dr. Disrespect finally, um, and they haven't really been forthcoming with the information in terms of like the reasoning why. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure it'll come to light eventually. I feel like it's almost any day now. I'm waiting for that information to come forward, and I'm also kind of like dreading it to be quite honest because I know it's if it's it's got to be pretty fucking bad if they're not even willing to to say what right. it was. Um, so yeah, we've talked about it before. I mean, I mean the the E3 where he was streaming from the bathroom mm-hmm. and and all like the the racist accents and the you know the that that's his kind of shtick, right? Was was that he was going to be um you know this very brash and and rude, almost like this the really corny version of like a Sasha Baron Cohen character or something where it's like but I think a, a lot of what gets lost in translation for his fans is that it's you know it's actually like a a way to actually admire a, a sort of perspective and attitude to admire and, and almost emulate on, on different levels. And it's like kind of the last fucking thing we need, especially right now as things continue to burn and fall apart. Um, but yeah, Alan, I'm curious to get your takes on, you know, all this stuff, especially regarding the, you know, them finally starting to ban folks and, and folks like Dr. Disrespect. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm happy that it's finally happening. Um, I feel like, you know, if you have a platform, especially a very large one, it's your responsibility to not only behave a certain way and understand that you probably have a lot of young viewers who you're influencing, but like manage the tone of the community that you have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think should be an everyday thing, you know, cause people will give certain people the benefit of the doubt. Oh, he has 10 million subscribers. How are you going to manage that? Well, if you did it all along the way. It wouldn't be that hard. Right. Um, but yeah. yeah, I just, uh, I'm happy that it happened to be quite honest. Like, I don't know how it didn't happen after the bathroom thing at E3. And honestly, I've just never been a fan. I think if your character is being a dick 24 seven, it's not really a character anymore. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, so I'm just, I'm just glad that people are finally being held accountable. It's sad that so much stuff had to be, you know, let slip. And it's also sad that you know, there are a lot of creators of color. There are a lot of creators from marginalized, you know, communities who are always on their best behavior, are always putting out their best work, are, you know, they know they're under a microscope and they wouldn't get away with half the shit. And mm-hmm. so... Not at all. Exactly. So it's just like, I'm glad something's finally happening. Facts. 
Yeah, and I, I want to see these companies also step up. We, we've been talking about it for weeks now at this point, but I, I really want to see them step up and show, like you said, these marginalized creators and, and you know, black and, and uh, people of color who have been on Twitch and, and riding with Twitch for so long, despite the lack of support, especially from, you know, the, the reporting tools and, and different things that have just like failed them at, at, at every level. I want to see these companies now give them that support. Whatever support y'all were given to Dis- Dr. Disrespect and all these other motherfuckers that were accused of sexual abuse and shit, like, I want that support directed at them. And, and like, if you want to, like, you know, try to get a shred of credibility back and respect from people like me, put that energy towards, you know, supporting them and, and getting the word out and giving them what they need because... I, so honestly, a lot of my favorite streamers are, you know, they're they're black streamers, they're they're people of color, they're um, LGBT people. Like like it's like for me, those are the people that I'm gonna like I gravitate to naturally because, like you said, right? They're always on their best behavior. They're not gonna say some stupid shit that's gonna be misconstrued or or even just like honestly directly uh, just straight up problematic right. and like and you know kind of behaving that way because they haven't been punished for it in the past so they just feel like fuck it I'm bulletproof I'm going to I'm going to continue to behave this way and these companies need to start punishing that kind of behavior not rewarding it and continuing to just be like well they make us this amount of money because honestly I think the energy now is like we're not going to let y'all get away with this right. anymore like we're we're going to continue to put this on blast and I'm not going to support it I hope the folks that listen to this show and, and on our you know in our discord and stuff I know that they're not going to support that stuff and and they're they're just trying to like look for something new and, and something that's not like that at all. So it's like, yeah, it's interesting, interesting times we live in. I wonder sure. who the next uh, big platform is going to be. Like, I wonder if like Spotify and Apple are going to jump into Facebook gaming. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, God, no, yeah. I wonder if like Apple and then Spotify be... might jump into the ring since they already have the the base set up. I wouldn't be surprised, man. I, I mean, it, it's it's got to be. That's the unfortunate side of it too, right? It's going to have to be a juggernaut. Yeah. It's going to have to be someone with the with the financial backing and, and infrastructure to deal with that. Like we we kind of, I don't know. I'm kind of hoping that some someone else will come along, even if it's some mega evil corporation that also has its fucking fair share of problems. But uh, who knows? Maybe what's Tom from MySpace doing? What's he up to? <laughs> right? let's, let's, he's living his best life, rich motherfucker. <laughs> He's like, I'm not getting yeah. involved with this shit. He's I'm, like, I'm, I'm in on my private house or some shit. <laughs> um, all right, cool. Uh, our last story, which wasn't intended to be our last story, but I'm taking this from Jalopnik. Um, Forza bans Confederate flags. Uh, so this is, a, again, it continues to be the, the move, right? Like we're just kind of not taking this shit anymore. Um, but yeah, uh, in recent weeks, we've seen a real crackdown on racism and symbols and its symbols in global human culture. And the automotive community is obviously not immune to that. The murder of George, Flo- of George Floyd has served as a tipping point for many Americans to sit and take stock of how we can make the world a more hospitable place. Even the little things matter, like banning racist iconography from a sectionist rebellion army fighting to uphold slavery from our racing video games. So, yeah, following the footsteps of NASCAR's Confederate flag ban at in-person events last week, Turn 10 has announced a zero-tolerance policy for the flag in its Forza series of games, which I'm surprised has not always been a policy. But, I mean, well, I guess we'll take whatever W we can get at this point. Um, yeah, I'm curious... Uh, Alan, how you feel about this? I don't know if you played much Forza, but um, I'm curious if we're going to also maybe even see more of this kind of action, more of these actions take place on a, in other games. Yeah, I mean, I I played a little bit of Forza. I don't mess with it too heavy. I got it on like Game uh, Game Pass on PC. I dabbled yes, in it a bit, and um, I'm just happy they're doing it. Like, I, 
if if you wanted to be like I don't know, argumentative about it, you could be like, well, it's that even the car that they use in the story is the Dukes of Hazard car. Like yeah, I get generally. it. It was in that. Yeah, I get like fine, you know, keep it to the one car, but honestly, I don't even think it really even has a place in a modern game. I don't think it has a place anywhere in the modern day. So I'm just really happy that they got rid of it. And quite frankly, I'm sh- still shocked at all the shit NASCAR has been doing. Cause I did not see that coming. So yeah. I'm just really happy that like that sort of set the stage for Forza to do that. And, and yeah, like you said, I- I'll take any W at this point, just getting rid of all of this negative shit out of games. It's just, it's good to see. Yeah. Get these, get these, motherfuckers out the paint one yeah and take all the shit out burn it down fuck it we don't need it anymore um cam you have any thoughts on on uh forza yeah, i think it just leads into like the bigger thing like alan was saying like it's the whole nascar thing it's like we we really don't need any of this shit it's not enhancing the sport in any way so let, let's take it out it's actually taking away from the sport it's it's sectioning off our our viewership right like nascar could be really fucking dope if you let if you make it more like um like comfortable for people to want to get into it like you know like show off your your black driver show off your whoever else is out there like i didn't know there was any black fucking nascar drivers like that (laughs) what's his name bubba sparks uh yeah that guy like you know all that shit like oh sorry they're outside they're they're coming for me yeah, they're, they're, they're pulling out that guy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, look, take it, take it down. Like, it's not gonna. There's so many cool cars that they could take from popular, you know, um, popular, um, you know, icons and shit like that. So, I mean, who's gonna cry about this shit, man? Like, yeah, <laughs> L- yeah losers, losers. Like, just, just yeah. fucking take it out, man. Like, I want to play some Forza without feeling like there's a, um, you know. Maybe some like uh, my safety being at risk, you know, like yeah, like when I like yeah. legit when it, growing up, like my family's from the south and shit. Like you see that rebel flag, like that is a scary fucking thing to see when I would like be down there in the you know in the summers and shit like that. So like you know that has that's, that'll always feel like that. So like fuck them, take it take it down. I don't care. Yeah, man. I I remember this is a side tangent. Um, I remember when we were younger, uh, spending our like vacation in Virginia one year. Like we were at the beach. Um, my parents, by the way, immigrants, are not very well versed in the in the historical legacy that is the Confederate <laughs> flag or any of that kind of shit. They like we needed some towels, so they like they <laughs> came back with like towels, and one of them was the Confederate flag. And me and like they were like trying to show us from far away. And me and my brother like dashed towards them, like a five hundred yard dash. And we like grabbed the flag and like wrapped it up and we're like, What are you doing? Like, you know what this flag fucking means? And they were they had no idea. They just bought it off like the yeah. fucking tourist area gift shop or whatever. It was like it's a ten and, flag. Uh, it's, yeah. it's the new Roman numeral. <laughs> but um Yeah. Oh god. Oh, but uh yeah. Teacher I've, I've been loving the, um, yeah. the memes going around like like um like this thing X has been around longer than the confederacy like i love yes. that, that me yes. thing going around it's so so good yeah so many things man so many things y- y'all are freaking you know championing this loser ass flag what the fuck um we you outlived anyway. the confederacy <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was a good post yeah good job kotaku you, you did a, you did a good thing um 
All right, cool. Before we take a break, uh, or actually before we get into the second half of the show, we're going to take a quick break and uh, we'll be right back. Jumping into questions for the week. If you have any questions for us, please feel free to send an email to us at questions at the-optional.com. We'd love to hear from you. You can also drop them into our questions channel in our Discord, or if you're brave enough, using the Anchor app to record us a voice message or voicemail. We, we appreciate those too. Um, so I kind of talked about it earlier, but I kind of had a question for the, the, the both of you. Um, there's been a discussion, obviously, uh, someone, I think, was it Sony? I think someone over at Sony, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, a former Sony exec uh said that you know for shorter games uh basically called for shorter games that are cheaper to make overall i think that's something that we can as we get older kind of all agree with but i i kind of wanted to ask y'all uh, do you think games can be shorter overall in length if so how can developers take strides towards shorter compact experiences that hopefully avoid crunch um alan i'm curious to get your thoughts on this i mean I don't have a problem with shorter games. I think like the most recent example I could think of is The Outer Worlds. That was a game that they were very forward in saying, hey, this isn't sprawling Fallout, you know, esque AAA, you know, game. And I was perfectly fine with that. I think that games should be as long as they need to be to make their point, uh, whatever that is. Um, so I don't think every game needs to be, you know, a 60 to 90 hour experience, um, especially if it winds up in being a better product. I think that, especially in using that same example, I think everything in the outer world was put where it needed to be. Everything had a purpose and it was just, it felt very like finished at that end. I didn't feel like it overstayed its welcome or anything. So I think that just by, you know, setting those expectations from jump saying, we're not going to make a huge thing, but it's going to be well-made and dense, I think would definitely help um, both with how, you know, devs approach their work. And then also, you know, how customers then, you know, perceive what they're going to get at the end of the day and you don't get, you know, complaints. Um, sure. And I think that, you know, yeah, just providing a solid base experience. And if you want to, building it out later through DLC, um, I think is honestly the best way to go about that. Totally. Yeah. I 1000% agree. Kim, uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of in that same camp. Like, I, I don't necessarily care how long games are as long as they get it across i think people like conflate the two as like you're getting more content for a longer game for some reason like like as if that makes it like better like that if that's the reason it's better is because it's longer um mm. i think maybe that's more appealing to like the money behind it whoever's like you know producing it um they're like all right well i know this is going to be worth the the bread I'm putting in because it's longer, you know, like I, right. I don't know what it looks like on the dev side, but yeah, I mean, I love a short game. Uh, like the shorter, the better. I mean, I think 40 is like my, my threshold. Mm. I, I give up on games a lot. So like my, my, the shorter, the better for me. But again, like if, if they can get their point across in 60, then, and I'm enjoying it the whole way, then let's do that. But yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with everything y'all have said already. I mean, I love shorter games for sure. I, I kind of uh, shrivel up a little bit whenever I hear that, like, uh, you know, the next Assassin's Creed is going to be 80 hours long. And like, and like while I'm still kind of sludging through uh, Odyssey, they're like, oh, here's another DLC pack. And here's <laughs> like, another DLC pack. I'm like, God <laughs> damn it, let me breathe, please. Um, but yeah, I was thinking immediately off the top of my head, like, my, some of my favorite games, especially of, especially of the past few years have been 
definitely on the shorter end, like under 20 or at least 25 hours long, if you want to be like completionist about it. Um, two that immediately jumped out to me were, because um, you said Outer Worlds, so naturally made me think of Outer Wilds, which, yeah. you know, probably has to be my favorite game in the last like <laughs> 10 years, honestly. Um, and if you just kind of mainline through the story, assuming you can sort of figure things out, it's about 15 hours long. And same thing with Control. Control I loved so much. And you could kind of main, you could mainline through that game in like 12 to 15 hours. Yeah. And then they're continuing to like, you know, release DLC for it and stuff. And like, you know, it's it's definitely like Alan said, one of those things that makes me wonder why we don't see that model more often. And, and like, you know, we, I think we tried it or a lot of developers had tried it at first with episodic things. And I think that might have been m- maybe a little too, uh, too little, at least for, for folks to really like keep that um keep the mind share of, of the of that player base and also space out the content so you don't kind of forget about where you were in the last season of the walking dead or whatever um so there is a there is a balance there that needs to be struck but i do think that like man if i could get shorter games but then i could also make time for the other games out there i feel like it would probably be better for everybody involved and if like you know i think accessibility is also a factor too when we when we talk about Oh man, I love this game. You know, I, I love Outer Wilds and it's only this amount of money for some folks. It's, it's not mm-hmm. going to always have to be this 60 hour thing with a season pass and, you know, whatever, like DLC afterwards and, um, cosmetics or what, you know, whatever the case may be. I think there's a way to strike that balance that would benefit a lot of folks, especially I would hope the developers, right? Like there's yeah. got to be a way to make that also be beneficial for them as well and not just find another reason to, again, forgive the expression, like squeeze every bit of blood out of that stone. Like there's got to be a way to also incentivize a way to, you know, treat your workers with some goddamn decency and maybe reconsider those CEO bonuses and shit like that. Because, you know, um, I'm going to start learning how to make a guillotine. But uh, (laughs) all right. Our next question comes in from Bo. Shout out to Bo who asks, uh, what do you wish your local bodega carried slash served that you've seen at a different bodega? Mm. Uh, Cam, I'll start with you. Have you, have you, yeah, my, my bodega across the street, it it does okay on the drink side, but I wish they had a better like chip selection. They got the, like the no frills kind of section for the chips. Mm. They got like they got the Y's and shit, but I want the the gentrified one down the block. Like <laughs> I want the kettle cook, you know. Yeah. I want those the jalapeno kettle cook joints, um, or like their fruit snack section. Yeah, but I don't yeah, trust any good. bodega if the if the dude behind the counter is not scooping your sugar with a plastic spoon. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't trust it if they don't have that. In a flimsy like paper cup, bro. Yeah, if, right, if it's right. not in a flimsy and if I don't see at least one cat in the area, it's oh, like, yeah, this yeah. is a little sus, What is this? What is this? Uh, <laughs> uh Alan, what about you? Um, I'm like the exact opposite. So like uh right by my block it's getting pretty gentrified, so now we don't have a bodega anymore. We have a nice smoke shop that sells kettle cooked chips and shit. <laughs> and <laughs> I like those, but I miss if you go up a couple of blocks, like towards the Bronx, you'll get the like those hers chips and those knockoff like oh. old cheese doodles they used to sell. There were the rings yeah. that you can't oh. find anymore. I want them shits back so bad. <laughs> yeah, Damn. I've been looking for those uh, plantain chips with the garlic yeah. seasoning on it. I don't know where to find them shits, but I've only ever had them in like 
downtown, like, you know, in the Lower East yeah. Side and shit. Like the stapled plastic bags and shit? You're yeah. like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll rip this cardboard <laughs> off the top of it and yeah. open up this bag. <laughs> yeah, I will also say, uh, yeah, for me, it's, it's the beverage section. I kind of wish... Uh, like the one that we, we go to a, a local bodega, the same one, me and Cam. There's there's one that we we have a mutual bodega somewhere yeah. in between both of our apartments. Um, but I wish they their their drink selection was a little better. They have a whole row of like mad fridges, but I wish they carried some yerba. Man, they're still they still haven't gotten that yerba connect. I might have to start putting people in touch, bro. Like, <laughs> come on, man, what are we doing? You can be the yerba plug. <laughs> I'm gonna be the yerba plug. I'm gonna get some commission <laughs> off that shit. Um, I just wish there was some Yerba, but, uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Our, uh, our next question comes in from Danny who asks, what are some habits that you've picked up during quarantine that you're not super thrilled about? On the other side of things, are there things you've started doing that you're going to make an effort to keep up with after this is over? Um, Alan, what about, what about you? Uh, oof. well, we kind of mentioned it before the show, but you know, overworking myself has been a big mm. thing and saying no to doing work, even though I'm not going to be going anywhere and it's sitting there and it can be done. I need to like learn to be like, nah, it's after five. I'm not at my desk anymore. Um, yeah. Yeah. And just, just saying like finding a stopping point and sort of just doing something else, anything else. Um, yeah. That's a good one. And yeah. And honestly, it's kind of, it goes hand in hand because I've started doing that recently. And so I want to really keep that up even afterwards. Um, just having hard points where I just say I'm, I'm done for the day, you know? Yeah. It's important, man. It's important for your mental health and your, your physical health too. Cause it's easy to get burnt out and realize you're, you've been sitting at a desk for 12 hours where you're, you're, you're like, damn, my back actually really hurts. Holy mm-hmm. shit. Um, Cam, what about you, man? Um, yeah, as a lot of you know, I like, I'm, I'm still outside. Like I still have to like go to work and shit, um, yeah. being essential and all of that. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I I find that like when I was like when everybody was outside, like I like having a, a clean room. Um, and my room lately has just been a mess because like I'm just here all the time. Like there's nothing else to do. Like I like coming back to a clean spot. Mm. Um, so like that's a bad pe- habit I've had. Like I, my I just let my room get away from me, cups all over the place and shit like that. I'm usually never like that. Um, mm. so like. That, that's one habit I need to get rid of. Um, and what am I doing that I'm going to keep? I don't know. Oh, what's another good habit? I have all bad habits. <laughs> you don't have one good habit. Uh, I'm smoking more. <laughs> 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 that's what I, just do. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't suggest everybody do that, but it makes me happy. Yeah, a different, a different kind of yerba plug. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got these loose teas. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, it's that medicine, baby. What yeah. you want? <laughs> um, you know what? Not for nothing, too. I, I agree. I, I'll I'll say off top, like you know, I, we 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 always kind of had the same uh, perspective on this. Like, I don't I don't encourage it. I think it's not for everybody for sure. But I do find those moments where I take the time out of the day, especially like towards the end of the day, to like turn my phone off. Maybe even like. I like, I talked about it. Uh, I think I might have talked about it with you, Cam, but I'll like make the effort to have one on one conversations with my partner where we're both not looking at screens and we're just talking about like life and we're talking about the news and we're like, you know, the screens are off. You know, right. I think that's just engaged. 
Yeah, we're like we're super present. Not a phone in sight. We're just vibing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so just like those kind of moments are are, are nice because I, I forget. Um, you know, sometimes we forget how to like interact or just exist without us without a screen in our face. Um, so those moments are nice. I want to I want to be able to carry those moments over to post quarantine life. Hopefully, sooner rather than later. I, I think um, definitely echoing Alan's sentiments from earlier, like knowing i was doing that before uh we really started having to buckle down and and you know work from home but i was making it a point to be like yo i'm leaving the office at five like i'm not staying past five because for me it was like a it was a a, just a regular habit of mine and and you know it was definitely more so on me and but you know there's a lot of factors involved here but it was very common for me to just be coming home like leaving the office at like 7 30 8 o'clock and or like sometimes even later than that because I had to hit a deadline or you know uh, an embargo lifted at six and there's no way for me to come in at like four in the morning and work on something so I just like had to stay late I had to like you know order for delivery to the office like they, they were just like those kind of habits I was already unlearning um, so I hope that I can carry that over too because it's it's really tough when you're home when that line is blurred of like it's hard to disengage after 5 p.m. because you feel like you're it's easy to answer that email at 6 30 or it's easy to just be like you know what maybe I'll, I'll put this down i'll hang out for a bit and then i'll come back to it at like 10 o'clock or whatever like that's just not healthy at all right. um so yeah just it, it's i'm hoping i can carry those things over too and and unlearn that that other stuff but one of the things i guess i'm um kind of uh trying to i guess unlearn a habit that i've picked up is like snacking because it's really easy to just be like oh you know i'll just have a a smaller lunch or i'll just have a you know a bigger lunch and a lighter dinner like just kind of treating that side of my life a little better because it's again it's tough to just be like i'll just have cereal for dinner or i'll just have ramen for brunch you know it's like it's not the healthiest decisions so hopefully i can start to just eat better overall but we haven't been too bad also at the same time but you know it's tough it's tough to when you're always at home like it's tough it's easy to just be like ah just load up seamless real quick or load up facts i don't know let's just go pick up for delivery or whatever all right our next question comes in from cody who uh sent in a voicemail and here it is hey cam and paul pokemon is being turned into a moba and i find that pretty wild so my question is, what franchise would you like to see be turned into a MOBA? Oh, okay. Mm. Um, Cam, I'm going to throw this over to you since you are resident nice. Pokemon master. Uh, yeah, I, like, I just found out Pokemon was going to be turned into a MOBA. <laughs> and I don't have like a ton of experience with MOBAs, but thinking about this question since we started recording and uh, Left for Dead. Oh, Hear me out, right? Shit. You got all these characters, right? You got the the fat one. You got the jump one. You got the spitting one. You got the tongue one. Yo, there was freak. There was freaks. Yo, there's some freaky motherfuckers over at Left 4 Dead. That's man. true, man. Over at Valve, what are y'all doing? A lot of projecting over there. Yeah, you got. So that's all the characters you need. It got all like the base, and then you got the atmosphere and shit. So you know, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, man. Okay. Good call. Yeah, yeah I like man. that one. Um, Alan, what do you think? I mean, I would, I would pull it, I would pull it out of video games a little bit. I mean, this franchise has video games, but it's technically a cartoon. But I would take an Avatar: The Last Airbender MOBA. Oh, with shit. like the the levels being like iconic battle sites. That shit would be fun. 
Damn. Shit. Just because, like, they have the heroes in place. They have the different kind of enemies in place. Like, Hey, I wish I said that. And then, that, <laughs> that Avatar deserves a good video game because I don't think it's got one. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, I've been thinking about this for a long time. Um, honestly, don't have any real good answers. But the first thing that kind of popped into mind is, like, because this being a Nintendo property, and it seems like they're probably going to take the more accessible approach to it, which is kind of cool because I don't really play MOBAs either. And, like, when I try to watch them, I'm just like, What's my happening? eyes glaze over and I'm like, what's <laughs> happening exactly? Um, but I would love to see, uh, like, a Splatoon take on this, too. Mm. But probably won't happen now that Pokemon's taking that yeah. limelight. But fucking Pokemon. Uh, Pokemon's everywhere, man. What can you do? What can you do? <laughs> All right, cool. Our uh, last question comes in from Jeff. Uh, and here it is. Uh, yo, what up, Paul and Cam? Uh, this is Jeff. Um, I'm that dude that wrote about Miles's dope ass fade on the internet. I don't know if you know me. <laughs> anyway, I got put on onto your podcast by Dia, uh, Khalifan, Natty Flores, dope people. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, yeah. So my question was, uh, what particular type of shows? Or um, movies do you gentlemen like watch to put you in a very good headspace? I noticed for myself, it's when I'm watching like particularly cooking shows and uh, food documentaries. It like really chills me to fuck out. Uh, yeah, so I was just wondering what y'all uh, like to watch. Thank you. First of all, incredible question. Thank yes. you for. I like the cut that. of your jib, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, call this also, gentleman. Yeah, appreciate that. I appreciate the respect there. Everyone else is like, hey, what's up, you fucking idiot? <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's up, libtards? <laughs> <laughs> fucking SJW. Um, also, by the way, Jeff's going to be on the show next week, so shout out to Jeff. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm going to kick it off to Alan to answer first. What are some things that you kind of use to relax? Um, I'd have to say, this would be kind of a lame answer, but I'd... I, I'll dabble in like on Hulu, they got all the old nineties cartoons and shit. Mm. And being a kid and watching those was the last time I had nothing to do, but watch all those things. And so whenever yeah. I decide to sit down and watch something, it's usually a very like conscious decision. I'm not going to do anything today. Like I'll have to put yeah. myself in that space. So it's just, I don't know. It's nice to visit that old stuff back to a time where you didn't have to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like you just did it. And so I'll jump back and maybe watch like an old episode of like, Hey Arnold or some shit. And nice. just show. <laughs> That's a good, good pick for sure. I've like been meaning to do that, but I haven't really got into it. But uh, I might actually do that now. Um, Cam, what about you, man? Uh, you guys already know what I'm about to say. Any of the CW superhero <laughs> oh, shows, I stand these things, man. I love, I love that corny shit. Like it's so good, like and cheesy and predictable, and it just, I don't know why it entertains me so much. You know, like. That's the level of like, uh, like joy, like that I want. Like I like that cheesy joy. Like I started watching the Batwoman show. This show is so bad, but it's good. Like <laughs> everybody's a bad actor on that show, but it's just they're all pretty. It's great. It's great. Yeah, I mean, I love that y- stuff. Yeah, if you need something to kind of like, you know, turn your brain off for a bit, stare at some pretty people, I guess. Yeah, I um, usually do it when I'm like 
on my phone on Twitter and stuff. I missed yeah. like three episodes just by like not really paying attention. But you can you'll understand what's happening. It's like, right. You know, yeah, it's easy to follow. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, mine are uh, two things real quick. So a few episodes back, shout out to Dia. She reminded me of the wonders of NHK World News. Ooh. So when I wake up every morning, my first routine is like, you know, grab some water, grab some, you know, like a light breakfast, oatmeal, some shit like that. Um, and just like wake my brain up, I'll put NHK on in the background. So it'll be like, you know, they're news line thing where it's like they just kind of go through the stories of the day whatever but then it'll just transition into like okay now we're going to show you this mini documentary of a guy who makes soy sauce for like 30 (laughs) minutes and i have it on in the background and i like glance over every once in a while where i'm like oh that looks kind of cool yeah and um fantasize about you know escaping new york and doing that full time and turning my twitter off and instagram and everything um so that's one and the other one is i mean i've kind of been talking about it for a while now but i'm making i'm like running through the gamut of um, 90s sitcoms with, like, all black casts. So, like, um, been watching Living Single, which I still need to get back into. But I've also bought the first season of Martin. And I've been (laughs) revisiting Martin because it's, like, so fun to put that on in the background and just occasionally look over and, like, hysterically laugh at some stupid, you know, visual (laughs) gag or some stupid, you know... Um, you know, just, there was like a, there's so many like legendary episodes of that show that I like revisiting it is so fun because I'm remembering like all of the other sitcoms I grew up watching too. And I'm probably going to get to eventually. Um, so yeah, those two things are just like really calming, you know, news. And then also like documentaries about trains or whatever. And then just like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then like martin so it's like it's yeah. been my rotation recently my girlfriend uh, just started watching uh living single and she's a big like friends fan so like mm. she's been like crack like dying laughing at the show so, which i'm like really happy and proud it's of so much better she, like loves, yeah she's like this is so much funnier <laughs> yeah radicalizer it's yeah. uh friends yeah. was garbage okay so uh oh, yeah. <laughs> jumping gets you feeling it feeling it is where we take one thing that we absolutely love from the past week that we've stumbled across that we think is worth sharing um since me and cams are actually the same uh for the first time i think in a long time if ever yeah um alan why don't you kick it off for us sure um so uh early last week i stumbled upon a youtuber named geo san pedro and that's actually his channel name as well uh, he just does like really, like you said, just really chill shit where you could just kind of have it on in the background or you could just look over and get as into it as you want. But he, uh, he makes stuff for like video nerds like us. He'll review like tech and different microphones, monitors, stuff like that. But he also does really well done, uh, model builds. He does a lot of like Gundams, Gundams? and Zoids and shit. Ooh. And it looks really good. It's edited beautifully. There's chill music in the background. And it's just, it's it's a good time to like have on in the background or just sit and just like zone out and watch somebody do something that's like not a video game. So yeah, yeah I've just been really into it. It's just really well done. And just, it's that kind of relaxing stuff that I've just been trying to get into more. And uh, yeah. I'm definitely going to subscribe to this because... I've actually been looking to buy like a, a model of some sort, and all these model fucking sellers like they're sound. They look so sketchy. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't want to plug in my credit card into them. So it's been. I'm. I'm really gonna look into this. This looks. Dude, cool. 
this I have a video on right now I'm watching yeah. him. He's building a, a Gundam and it's like it's beautiful. Also <laughs> Yeah, it looks beautiful and it's also like ASMR at the same time. Yeah. Cause he's like first of all it's like sped up, so he's like clipping through all the stuff using the tools and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's just yeah, you're right. It's so beautiful. I don't it's know how I've never really seen this nice. before. And yeah. I also have a few boxes that I bought on my last trip from my last trip to like uh, Florida. We went to um, not, not anything too big, but they're these Japanese models of like Star Wars figurines. Mm. Um, but they're like Gundams. They come in the same like plastic, you know, things. You have to cut them out and yeah. put them together and paint them. So I've been meaning to do that for a while. And this might actually push me over the edge. I still have like a half finished Gundam somewhere laying around the house. Maybe, maybe I'll get back to that. Maybe this will get me back into it, but this looks amazing. Dude. Yeah. Holy, I just, just smashed that subscribe button. Yeah. <laughs> from like, just like, just enjoying it and like just chilling and watching it, but also from like doing video myself, just watching this dude's work is like, it's really nice. That's awesome. Wow. Also, shout pick. out to Zoids. Yo, where? I wow. miss them. They never worked. They'd like walk one <laughs> step and get stuck on a plastic piece or whatever. Yeah. For sure. Wow. Yeah. Remember Zoids. Um, <laughs> All right, cool. So, um, yeah, me and Cam have the same one this week for the first time. It's a new HBO show that came out relatively recently. I think they're only on their fourth episode now or fifth now if you're listening to this this week post. They come out on Sundays? Uh, I'm actually not sure. I've only seen three. Yeah, same. I haven't, I haven't watched in the last like week or so. But Yeah, I think I think we're like pretty much caught up with the exception of if it does come out on Sunday, the fourth one. But, yeah, um, Cam, do you want to describe I May Destroy You? Yeah, so um, this show is uh, centered around a woman uh, who's in her early 30s, late 20s, uh, and she's English. She's from London, and basically she's she's like a lifestyle writer, and uh, she's kind of like a mess, right? Like she's just like kind of free spirit, um, but she has like this... I guess gift that oh my god of course the motorcycle start um she has this gift to like attract people right like you know through her writing her friend group is very diverse and the story kind of picks up with her like coming back from a writing vacation in Italy she's coming back to London um and I guess her friends hadn't seen her in a while and you know it's one of those things where like she's kind of a slacker too so she's kind of like uh faking it till she makes it so like she has um these like financial backers or whatever who are paying for her trip to to go write for them in this lifestyle blog or whatever they have going on website and uh so she's coming back and she has a deadline to meet and you know her friends know she's back in town so they hit her up and like have a night out and that's where the story kind of like starts and you start meeting her friends and you realize like this girl is kind of like this like wild card. Mm -hmm. Um, But then it like this show kind of takes a turn from what you think it's going to be. Like you think it's going to be this. um, I thought it was going to be like a kind of like insecure, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if anybody's ever like super familiar with that show, but basically I thought that was the level of the show it was going to be. Um, what's the girl? What's her name? Uh, I can't remember her name. But oh, she, yeah, no, and in, uh, in the show, the lead. Oh, uh, I'll get her name. Uh, but yeah, so like it turns, like uh, it makes a hard left um, into some very interesting topics um, about like sexual assault, 
and uh you know like we mentioned earlier like you know being out with your friends and possibly being roofied and, and drugged in that way and it just it's just bizarre because like this show is so like graphic one and then like two it's like hard to like watch at certain mm-hmm. points like just the awkward shit that like uh, is happening on the screen you it's just like one of those things like i'm fascinated by the show but also i'm like what the fuck is happening um i don't want to give too much away because a lot happens in that first episode where it like yeah it's just like oh shit this is what we're getting into um but it, it's it's a phenomenal show um what, uh, how would you have described that paul no that's a perfect description of it i like it's been tough to describe it to folks. Is like I I tried to um, sell it to my partner because yeah. I actually watched the first two episodes with Natalie um, uh, DeGraffin Reed, our good friend, and um, we she had already seen it, so she was rewatching it. And I went ahead and did the same thing with my partner because I feel like I'm also spreading the gospel of I may destroy you because it's hard to describe this show without giving away a lot. But mm-hmm. I think you described it perfectly. It it is a uh, it is such a really um, captivating human tale of like, you know, a bunch of different things going on that it's, it's more than just the story about, you know, someone dealing with the aftermath of some pretty heavy stuff. It's also about the interplay of, you know, certain relationships and the expectations that are set upon you, like you said, with the writing stuff and her deadlines and, you know, managing that and also balancing your mental health at the same time and um you know there's a there's another plot line with a couple and that's super fascinating and there's oh my god every character here is extremely well put together and and well written i talked about it before i believe on the show but um i remember one of my writing classes in film school uh we had an instructor who would make it a point to anytime we added a character to a story, we had to know their entire life history. We had to know where they were born, when they were born, you know, what were they like in um, middle school? What was their first crush like? You know, all these kinds of things, right? Like these really intimate details about these characters. And I feel like upon meeting them in this show, you kind of almost immediately absorb that information in very subtle different ways. And the, the show also like moves very quickly it's super kinetic it's super stylized it does things that are like really fun to watch even if the subject matter is super super heavy and and very um hard to watch so yeah like cam had already mentioned obviously content warning for folks out there but yeah it's it's amazing it's it's a show that i wasn't expecting because the the way it's advertised like I, i would always see it before um any other show like before i was gonna watch like the sopranos or something it'd be like you know, i may destroy you and it it, it kind of looks like uh like oh it's like the hangover it's gonna be like this kind of wacky mm. ensemble thing that's like kind of cool and kinetic and almost like more in the vein of high maintenance and you know insecure also but at one point it definitely takes a hard turn and you're just completely like glued in your seat like you can't move and look away it's just it's fascinating it's um also like i said uh the characters being so well written they're also so likable and you want to like you know even the ones you hate you want to sort of learn more about yeah. and 
um the main character in particular is so good like that actor is so oh, yeah. amazing my cello cole like she is dope because yeah. she was in i don't know if you ever saw chewing gum uh no. that was yeah. a, like that was really good and then she was in an episode of um black mirror like the mm. the, the star trek one uh from one of the later seasons uh oh, she was like one. the lead in that one and she's just like phenomenal actor like she's yeah. dope as fuck and she has like like i'm so attracted to her like just like <laughs> you know like her face <laughs> is just so fucking like amazing to look at like yeah it's yeah it, I, you know but uh yeah no it's just everything is just so well like laid out like you said like the characters are like you said like you don't i picked up on so much from like these side characters and uh like in the very beginning she's like with a guy she was with in in italy and the first thing you think is like this guy's a fucking dick like, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, such yeah. an asshole and then they loop back around to that character and then you get a whole different perspective right of right. like who this person is and i think that's just like dope like a lot of the stuff i haven't seen it's definitely the best show on out right now like yeah it's it's dope as fuck like it, it's really hard to watch at some points um but i think it just does this thing of like building up this tension and then also like releasing it really well with having right. like a flashback episode or having that that scene with the when she meets that guy um <laughs> and they like have sex and that's the one of the cringiest funniest <laughs> fucking scenes i've ever seen in my entire life yeah uh, it, it's crazy <laughs> but yeah, uh yeah yeah it's it's dope i highly recommend this show so good so good yeah. it's on hbo go too by the way for everybody so it's um yeah it's it's amazing um i can't say more about it without giving too much away but check it out it's called i may destroy you it's on hbo go um yeah check it out sometime um all right cool before we wrap up the show alan thank you so much for joining us seriously yes, really appreciate you, you taking the time yeah time, of course man time. anytime you got to come back you got to come back sometime yes. um before we let you go, how can the people keep up with your amazing work online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Alan7615, A-L-A-N-7615. Or uh, you can look me up on YouTube uh, under Spectre Gaming. That's S-P-E-C-T-R Gaming. Uh, yeah, those are the best ways to find me. Nice. And also check out all of his work on IGN and Kotaku and all those other places. He's uh, working out here, man. You're, you're, you're busy out here. Got to chase um, that paper. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, Cam, what about you, man? How can people find you online? Uh, you can catch me on the Twitters at CappyCantLose, C-A-P-I-C-A-N-T-L-O-S-E. Um, yeah, I'm on there just um, lurking. Word. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Twitch at PauliMayo. It's P-O-L-I-M as in Mario, A-Y-O. Um, for the time being, I'm doing some lo-fi streams straight from the playstation uh, until i get some gear back so uh stay tuned i'm also going to be you know talk about some stuff on twitter so follow me out in there um and thank you so much for listening this week if you have any questions or comments send them over to questions at d-optional.com we would love to hear from you you can also send us questions uh to our discord in our questions channel you can find links to that over at the optional podcast.com that's where you can also find a link to sign up for our newsletter which we we love and, and uh honestly shout out to chase for putting that together every week it's incredible um please check Please check that out if you can. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, and Spotify. Please, 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 if you can, give us a review on Apple Podcasts if you like the show and want to, you know, show us some love, give us some support. Uh, if you want to show, 
yeah five stars please please uh if you want to show that support even further you can go to our anchor profile at anchor.fm slash the optional podcast and give us as low as a dollar a month um shout out to our supporters mark charlie suhai Bree, john michael murray jesse billy hans colin and douglas for helping us keep these lights on every week please please uh you know if you can really helps us out um as always, we're on Twitter at the Optional NYC. Our show's music is by the one and only Levi Pack. Shout out to can You can find him on Twitter at underscore L E V I P A C K. So until next time, everyone, peace. peace.